On today's episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast, presented by Student Union Sports, we have an interview with recurring guest, friend of the program, Keith Hornsby. We talk about his time playing basketball in Poland, uh, playing in the Champions League, and then how it all kind of came to an end abruptly, um, and he had to come back to the United States, as well as his new team that he recently just signed with in Germany. Really good interview, don't wanna miss it. And then after that, we get into divisional power rankings, NBA restart storylines, and just the overall excitement that sports are finally back. Let's get into today's episode. Hello again, and welcome back to the Not Gonna Lie podcast. So happy you decided to tune in this week. Uh, we've got, like I said, a great interview with Keith Hornsby coming up uh, and a lot of good topics to get into now that sports are finally back. Uh, if you enjoy these episodes and you're obviously wanting to get more, uh, you can find content on our Twitter at PodcastNGL, on our Instagram at Podcast, And if you're on Apple Podcasts, you know, might as well give us five stars. Uh, but we've got an exciting next few couple of shows uh, with some big time guests that you're not going to want to miss. But Let's get into today's big-time guest, Keith Hornsby. We now welcome on a recurring guest, one of the first guests, I think, that we've had on the podcast, so it's always good to catch up with him. It's, it's Keith Hornsby. Keith, how you doing? I'm doing fine, man. That's a pleasure, like always. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember over, it was over a year ago, you know, I was just a couple months into podcasting, uh, kind of reached out to you on a dm like and on a whim you responded we set it up and it was it was a good conversation had a good time and it looks like you've uh, done very well since then and so this is um it's great i'm i'm happy for you and the podcast mm, thank you yeah no it's been it's been fun so far uh keeping up with it for sure but uh we're not here to talk about me in the podcast i mean we could but uh i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that to you um <laughs> we're here to talk about you so where we less left last left you you were uh, in Poland playing basketball. Um, you had just qualified for the Champions League off mm -hmm. of that uh, game-winning three. So, um, yeah, I mean, what? How to go? You know, how how was how was Poland? I I know you learned to cook. I I know we we talked That's about that a little bit. So that was a that was a big thing. But yeah, like, how how was Poland? You know, Poland as a whole was definitely a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, going into it, I probably told you this before, but, you know, I talked to you in maybe October, so I didn't really have the full experience yet. Um, I ended up spending seven months there with the season cut short by uh, COVID. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, what really helped my experience was the, uh, the Champions League, um, hitting that shot that we had talked about before. Um, and allowing us to play in the two leagues. Now, the champion, Champions League season was very difficult for my team. We had some injuries, and, and we weren't that deep to begin with. So it, it, let's just say this. We, we lost a lot more than we would have mm. liked. But at <laughs> the same time, for me, it was really big because it was my first time being able to play against consistent, like, big European competition from different countries. And that was something I really enjoyed. And it was kind of like a stage for me to kind of prove myself in Europe. Um, and I did, I had a really good Champions League year, uh, I guess, individually. And then my team, 
from Polish, you know, we play Polish league as well. We ended up doing well. Um, we had a little rough patch in January, uh, but you know, it's playing the two games a week was a first for, you know, the Polish team, uh, Polski, uh, Kukie or Torin or Tvarde Pierniki. It's still hard for me to say. Mm. That <laughs> but it's a, uh, um, but you know, we, we ended, we ended the season when it's cut short in, uh, in fifth place, which is a little controversial because due to the champions league, they had to reschedule two games mm. that we were supposed to play in late April and they rank off a point system. So we never got the potential two games of points, win or loss. Gotcha. And so we, mm-hmm. we would have been, I think, third, but they they ended it in fifth. And so our team wasn't really happy about that. But, yeah, man, I mean, I could go on for you know, a whole while. It's such a huge experience. Um, but, I mean, I, I might have to ask a little more specific questions <laughs> maybe. But, but it's, it, it, was a good, it was a good experience, man. I mean, it's, I am a fan of Poland as a country. I think in mm. 2020 it's really coming of age. And uh, the people I met, my Polish teammates, are fantastic. Still in contact with them currently and hope to be for you know, a while. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, talk to me about the culture in Poland a little bit, because I assume you had more time to kind of explore uh, yeah. and, and visit the surrounding area. So talk to me about you know, maybe a couple of places that you visited that you really liked or, or that sort of thing. Sure. Um, so I was in Torun, which is a, it's not a small town, but it's like a, bigger college college town probably about 200,000 people um and up north about two hour drive is the the coast like the northern coast of Poland mm. on the Baltic Sea and there's some great this the big city up there is Gdansk like G-D-A-N-S-K <laughs> and it is a uh, but they you know they have a beach there I mean obviously when I went there it was winter but it was really nice man I, I loved it um mm. I mean, the culture in Poland is a little, is not as warm as the U.S., shall I say. Um, I guess when I arrived in Poland, you know, one of the first things I noticed was like an example would be going to the grocery store and, you know, kind of going around. It's like everybody's on a mission. You know, everybody's kind of got their heads down. You know, it's like a, there's a little fast pace to it. It's like almost like a, it's just different. It's, uh, it's not as laid back. Um like say when you get in the line, like if you're, if you're kind of being lackadaisical, like the people will grunt at you and let you know that, you know, um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, you know, the, I, I knew that coming in that it wasn't going to be kind of a similar situation culturally as I was used to, but you know, you get used to it. And, um, I mean, obviously, Polish Poland has some really great places. Warsaw, the big city, that's what probably most people know on a world level. Um, they have some other good uh, cities that I'll have to pronounce the way they do. It doesn't it doesn't sound like uh, it's written, shall I say? So there's a city called Wrocław that looks like Roklaw. You have to it's like W R O C L A W, but it's pronounced Wrocław. It's it's crazy. It's a uh, but it's they have a bunch of big cities, a bunch of great history and culture that's uh that's worth exploring. Obviously, I didn't have that much time because you know I'm smack dab in basketball season. Uh, a few days off, we you know, and also the town I was in Torn is a, a really nice, really nice place. Uh, kind of a little 
tourist attraction in its own. Um, is is where Nikolaus Copernicus was was born, uh, okay. and uh, is also known as one of the originators of gingerbread. So, mm. yeah, little fun facts for you. Yeah, I think I remember you talking about that because that's kind of isn't that what your team was like yes. named after? Because it's like sugar. Is it's like it hard? It's like tough gingerbread, like hard the hard <laughs> gingerbreads. The, mm-hmm. That's the Tavarde Pierniki. Pierniki is gingerbread, and then uh. Polski, you know, Kukiev Torin is Polish sugar, which is one of the sponsors of the team mm. that hopefully remains even in this uncertain time. So, yeah. And also, when we last left you, uh, we learned that you were living off of a steady diet of rotisserie chicken. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. has that has yeah. that changed a little bit? Have you been been learning some some new cooking techniques that you have put into play a little bit here? You know, I'm. I will forever be thankful that they had those because those things saved me for the first first months, or at least when my wife wasn't with me. Um, mm-hmm. But I learned how to cook chicken, <laughs> chicken, and and you know just normal stuff like uh, in pasta. But the problem was that that's all I knew how to cook. So I basically ate the same meal sometimes, like you know, consistently for weeks at a time. So I definitely, definitely got a little tired of that. But same time, I'm I'm pretty basic with my food interests anyway. I I I have stuff that I I know is good for me, and I know I like it. I can stick with that. But still, even I have limits there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I learned a little bit more as the year went on, and I and I enjoyed it. It's just necessary if you're living overseas for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it saves money and it just helps. Um, and uh. Yeah, so I learned how to cook a few more things, but the rotisserie chickens don't. I never got away from them completely because they they're really good, honestly. From <laughs> the best I've I've had, U.S. or not, for sure. Oh man, that's good. I mean, hey, it's at least you know you you like it because you like it, not because you know there's there's nothing nothing else out there. Precisely. Uh, anything? Uh, any any message that you like to say to to the fans in Poland or the people in Poland that? that came out and supported you and, and watched you play? Um, well, for one thing is the fans for Torin were, it's a relatively new team and uh, they were, they were incredibly passionate and I really appreciated their support, especially coming from the G league for three years, you know, where it's not exactly known for the diehard fan support, but mm-hmm. luckily in the G league being a Texas legend, we had great fans. So I can never, you know, complain about that as far as the G League goes. But, yeah, I, I can just tell them I really wish that me, that I had the chance to help them fight for a championship. We never got a chance to play in playoffs. We would have been a championship contending team, no doubt about it. Um, and, that yeah, I, I wish that uh had a chance to kind of finish the year off, which we never did. Um, mm-hmm. But thank you for their definite support. One of my favorite aspects of being in Torn was post-game. Win or loss, we, uh, all the fans line up around the court, and we, uh, the team goes you know, around the court and gives them all high fives. And, and they, win or loss, there's a lot of people who would always come and you know, give us positive support even so. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's awesome. So what was, the, what was the moment like when you learned that you had to come back to the United States mm. because of uh, the coronavirus? 
I mean, it all happened so fast. It was almost in a blink of an eye. It was hard to process because uh, everything, obviously, for Europe um, started ending when the NBA kind of canceled or postponed their season. So that was, uh, I believe, the 13th of March. And I had a game on, I think, the, the 14th. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a Thursday. I woke up. And, and, and at that point, we're, we had known that, you know, e- even throughout March, early March, we had known that the virus was a potential issue. But we never thought it would be the point where, you know, the league would be suspended or canceled. Um, mm-hmm. But we uh, – so I woke up on Thursday – on this Thursday, ready to play a game. Um, the game got canceled. And long story short, three days later, I was home. <laughs> I uh, I was without my wife. News happened fast. We had a team meeting that Friday the next morning and basically said, we don't think that league, the league will resume, the Polish league. The Champions League was done by that point for us. Um, and that basically we'll get you home as soon as we can. And hopefully before Polish borders close, mm. which ended up happen, happening um, that Sunday. And we all just scramble and get out. Wow. On Saturday, the next day. And that was, oh, it was, it was a circus. Um, and I was by myself. So I had to pack up all my wife's things. She just happened to be, she was with me most of the time, but she just happened to be home visiting in, in Lafayette. Her sister had just had a new baby. Um, so I had to pack all of, I say not all of her stuff. <laughs> Sadly, I had to leave some things behind. <laughs> mm. Wow. Because we, we, that was our home, you know, we had most of our belongings there um, and you can't pack everything. And so, yeah, that was, that was odd. It was weird. You know, I've been in that apartment for seven months, you know, you get kind of used to it. It's just your life. And then with a snap of a finger, you're, you're gone pretty much. Um, and it, it was kind of weird. You know, it all hit me when I eventually got home and I'm thinking like, man, I'm probably never going to see a lot of these guys again, these mm the people in the club, the, you know, the coaches, the Polish players. Um, and, you know, it, it was, I've never experienced that before. Some of my teammates have been playing for overseas for eight, nine years. It's my first experience this past year. So they're a little more used to that. I, Yeah. And it's never how you, you planned on, you know, ending a season. Uh, I woke up to play a game on that Thursday and then I'm home season done <laughs> In three days, it's uh, it's incomprehensible to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, but I was not alone. A lot of guys are like that. So it was a crazy story. Really. Yeah, yeah. The whole experience just, I mean, I mean, even from the NBA level, you know, it was it was weird. And it's like you think about all the teams in Europe and all the players that were going through mm-hmm. the same stuff. But it's, yeah, uh, it's bizarre. It's never happened before. Yeah, hopefully, it never has to happen again. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, so it was now. What's that? I said, I guess we will see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fingers crossed for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was announced a couple weeks ago that you signed with Oldenburg, team in Germany. So congrats on that. Um, Thank you. Can you talk to us a little bit about what may be different in, I guess, league play between Mm -hmm. Germany and and Poland? Sure. Um, So – the German league is definitely a big step up. Uh, the Polish Polish league, I think, is underrated, but it's not. It's kind of a medium middle league as far as Europe is concerned. From concerned from native league 
standpoints. The German BBL, um, the Basketball Bundesliga, is one of the top five, definitely top five leagues in Europe. And the Oldenburg, uh, the team I'm going to, was also playing in Euro Cup, like the next step up in European competition from Champions League. So that was, that was a big reason originally I signed, but now they're, they're not participating in Euro Cup. Um, I th- they think that nothing's going to – no travel leagues are going to happen next year. And it, m- it might be the case. You can't argue with that. Um, yeah. Due to the – every country is having their own restrictions. It's going to be tough. But the German league, that beside the point, the German league is strong. Um, and last year, uh, Oldenburg was the – came in third uh, in the, the league. They're a really good team, really strong, really good rep- – uh, reputation and um yeah the Oldenburg is in northwest Germany it's a I don't know it's just different it's a bigger team bigger time and it's a good step up and Mm -hmm. uh it'll be a good challenge for me and I'm looking forward to it uh some really really good teammates um as the GM tells me he thinks this team we have coming in is best team they've had in a decade and that's saying something considering they were uh one of the best teams in the league last year. So, yes, yeah, high expectations for sure. But uh, mm-hmm. obviously, we'll cross the road when you come to it. But really good team, and I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Yeah, no, that's exciting for sure. Is there some concern that, you know, obviously you said they won't be able to travel. Is, will there be some concern that it, it may not happen at all? Like, how how is that yeah. looking? <clears throat> um. Well, now that uh, Oldenburg will only be playing in Germany because they'll only be playing in the German league. So that Mm – and honestly, I think – I feel like in this situation, Germany is one of the best countries to be in. So one of the most stable – just a a great country as a whole. Um, So I think throughout Germany, we don't really know. But, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there weren't – you know, there's no fans for – the beginning portion of the season they kind of see what happens as time goes on but the league was actually pushed back about a, a month um okay. so yeah i'll be leaving at the end of august and uh i mean it's not too much they rearranged some things but they're they're doing their most their best to prepare you know kind of for the the inevitable which is there will be some changes that we'll have to address but we don't really know, you know, a lot of guys, we, we're not really sure what's going to happen. Um, just kind of have to roll with the punches. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, that'll be exciting. Definitely be uh, following you there in Germany. Let's transition here a little bit. Talk some, yeah. some NBA basketball. Um, mm. Finally back. Very exciting. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it, it's starting to feel a little bit normal, even though there's like, you know, the, the digital fans and that's, um, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw, I saw, yeah, I saw a tweet from a guy who was, who was wondering if um, like virtual fans can get thrown out uh, (laughs) if they can virtually heckle the refs or something and and get thrown out of the game. Uh, That, that would definitely add to the uh, the experience. Mm -hmm. I bet the NBA players would like it. Well, I don't know. That's crazy. Normally, singular voices are, you know, muddled in a big arena. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they allowed, you know, uh, audio to come from these guys, <laughs> it, it'd definitely be, uh, be be more, I don't know. I don't see how that would work. 
Yeah, it would. It it'd would be, be painting, though. That's for sure. It'd, mm. be, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I think at at worst they just mute him. Like they they, they exactly. get like the the oh what is that around the horn just like <laughs> muted. Um, they'll have a little mute icon on the person's little square. Exactly. So you'll see them like you know, like <laughs> no yeah no words no words coming out, <laughs> no words coming out. yeah oh man uh, and one of the things from that uh, that that I kind of that I kind of want to see uh, or that I'm interested to see is Ben Simmons. Your former yeah. teammate, roommate, uh, was mm-hmm. was visiting a sports psychologist during quarantine um, to learn how to shoot threes. Basically, get in that mindset. Um, do you think that that we're going to see? I mean, we've seen him hit some threes in in the um, warm up yeah. games, but do you think we're going to see you know a couple threes a game here or there from from Ben? <laughs> you know, as far as that goes, at this point, I just say I really I just don't know. Mm-hmm. We we don't know. People, when he was shooting threes in the preseason, uh, I guess this past year or the year before, everyone's freaking out about it. You know, oh here he mm-hmm. is. You know, he's 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 you know now he's finally gotten that or gotten the confidence to shoot him. I think it's going to be a big, a longer process for him to really start actually shooting threes. And to me, I, I'm I'm not a big fan of him shooting threes to begin with. To be honest, I would rather see him shoot them his mid-range shots. Um, now, of course, the open corner threes in the NBA, those those are like must-shoots. Yeah. I mean, if you're yeah. open, those are stuff. It's just a big liability to have somebody who just is a complete non-threat from – especially a basically big guard like he is. Um, although he's now a power forward. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, that's big, right. I, <laughs> People, that's funny. People are making a big deal out of that. I'm like, it's not a huge change for him. He's still basically, so almost positionless guy. But mm. anyway, about the shooting, only time will tell. I love seeing him make it. I I hope that he can get the confidence to shoot. But you know, his as I might have mentioned to you before, his mindset has always been, you know, why would I shoot a three if I can give a great pass to someone who's a better shooter? Mm-hmm. Um, it makes a guy like me love playing with him because. <laughs> Shooters, shooters enjoy that. I mean, he's a great passer. Um, but we'll see. Um, I think it'd be good if he takes the open ones. And uh, But if he starts taking too many and it takes him away from his natural, amazing game of slashing and making plays that way, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing. So I guess only time will tell. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so let's talk about the games as a whole. So you mentioned you watched a couple. Um, yeah. I saw I saw some rust, um, not terrible. I think the first game, the Jazz Pelicans game, honestly just felt like it was a pickup game. Like it was like, all right, we got our five, you got your five. Like let's let's go. Um, yeah. And then and then the Lakers Clippers game was you know a little bit more of a um, felt a lot closer to NBA basketball. Do you think? We're just it's yeah. these first few games are just going to be there's naturally going to be some some sloppy passes some a little bit of rust. Uh, for sure, I think the rust is uh, unavoidable. Um, and but you know some I'm looking at T.J. Warren dropping 53 points. That's not very rusty. <laughs> but um, yeah, a little another part of it to me from a player's perspective is it's got the environment has to affect that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's odd for me to watch these games and see these players play in the, 
empty arena. It's almost like it feels like I'm watching a summer league game to some degree. Or it, it's just it's bizarre. It's great to have basketball back, but it, you know it's definitely odd to to look at and. You know, players definitely feed off the, the environment, the arena environment from the fans, the noise. I mean, that helps the whole, um, you know, th there's not much home in a way, uh, I guess, a difference here. Um, yeah. So, it, but I think as time goes on, especially as the urgency of the games increase, you know, the fighting for the final um, places and playoff position, I, mean, I think, and as uh, naturally, as games go on, the rust, eventually falls off we'll probably mm -hmm. see a better quality game but it's been pretty good yeah no i, I, I agree complaints there uh yeah yeah uh also people are talking about rims being an issue have you ever had that sort of thing where it's like just experiencing different rims and that sort of thing oh yeah well yeah i mean in europe especially in poland which with each arena you never know what you're gonna get mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> um uh, yeah, I, I for sure. Um, I don't like thinking of that that way. And it's funny with me personally as a player. It's a funny psychological uh, kind of thought is that on on days on games and in gyms that I think, oh, this rim is horrible. You know, oh, this rim sucks. I end up having mm. a great shooting game on these. <laughs> maybe it's because my expectations aren't as as high, and mm. maybe subliminally I end up help, helping me out in that department. But then, and then other times, if it's like a perfect shooting rack, shooting rim, and I'm just making everything in warm-ups, I like kind of think I kind of have it. Mm -hmm. And in games, I, I lose a little bit of that focus um, and kind of, I don't know, uh, or, I don't know. It, it's a little – it's funny how that works, funny with shooting. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I haven't heard much about the rims uh, in the bubble. Um, what have they been saying? I've just heard that it's going to be an adjustment. Like they're having to, it's just, it's just going to be different, I guess. Depth, depth perception, maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm not. Yeah. It, I played in the, the G league showcase uh, in Vegas where it's a similar setup. There's not many, many fans. It's kind of in a, although they're playing in Orlando, obviously the, mm -hmm. the old milk house actually. I've played plenty of times there with AAU. <laughs> I think so many people have great place, but, uh, yeah, it's it's just it's just odd. It takes definitely takes a little bit of adjustment, um, but I mean, a lot of guys are shooting well, so it's, people can make excuses all they want. But if there's somebody killing, it's not it's not affecting the entire scene. So yeah, I was gonna say T.J. Warren's not saying anything about the rims. Amazing, unbelievable. Talk about yeah. being in the zone. Mm. Mm. Well, and that's that was the thing for them too. Is like who's who's gonna step up because Oladipo is coming back. Sabonis is out. Oladipo uh, looks a little shaky to yeah. me, but that's understandable. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, I, I I think they're just happy to have him, yeah, in, you know, in the bubble and happy to have him playing at least for the first little bit. But you can tell he's a good person to have on and you know and off the court. Mm -hmm. Um, and his presence affects the whole team, so it totally makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. Is there was there a game uh, that maybe surprised you a little bit early on, um, or or one that was like, oh, this is. This is interesting. <laughs> the Rockets and Mavs uh, the other day, you know, they it was like a G League score. They're, they, it was like over 100 points at the end of the third quarter. I was just <laughs> laughing because that's you – know, the Rockets will do that. Um, mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I watched the Bucks, Celtics 
And, I, you know, just watching Giannis is, is always this kind of jaw-dropping, his mm-hmm. – the ease of sometimes – I mean, I still think he kind of forces a little bit. He's a little wild sometimes. But then I, I keep forgetting he's only 25. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's kind of surreal. Um, yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum was looking pretty – pretty rusty i think he went like two for 16 or something and, and yeah. as a player i just at that point i just like feel for him but i i definitely respect his mental fortitude to kind of keep on shooting and and you can tell he has good people in his ear you know that yeah. next shot next shot um not get down if you're in a, a shooting rut but uh yeah i mean that i don't know that i don't know if anything really surprised me off the top i mean it's mm. just good to have basketball back yeah it's, yeah, definitely. It's great. You know, we're not watching ESPN or ESPN the Ocho, basically. <laughs> With, uh, oh, man. You know, ra- random stuff and, and reruns. And I mean, that was fun, but to have basketball back like this in the summer, it's, it's good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, look, as a Celtics fan, I think Giannis should have fouled out. I was watching that game. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, both, I didn't know you were a Celtics guy. One, yeah, one or the other. They should have taken, uh, but also, I mean, that's, it's what, you know, it's whatever. So besides the point, I don't know if you saw Jalen Brown's Instagram story uh, of, of Giannis and who, I can't remember whoever the ref was, it was the head official and they Photoshopped their heads together and they were like walking and like holding hands. Wow, Jalen Brown did that. That's somebody, well, somebody else posted. He just, that, that, that's awesome. He just, that's he just awesome. reposted it. That, that's I, all. I um, that. Yeah. But that, that's, that's, that that shows the people what's 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 his thoughts are. That's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. No, and and Marcus Smart was definitely a big piece um, of that game. I, I I love Marcus Smart. I think I just I just love his his whole approach. I love his his toughness, and it's kind of like to me to a degree a jack of all trades player. He's mm-hmm. a great playmaker. Um, he can shoot. Um, and just a guy, just a guy I would, I would like to be on my team. That mm-hmm. type of grit and grinds. Yeah. 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 No. And, and people, people get so caught up in like, cause yes, before he would shoot and it was like, you know, sub 30% from three, but this year he's like, I think he's right at 35, 36, like he's hitting at a consistent yeah. basis and he's still making all those plays. Like uh, my, my favorite team probably of all time, not, not necessarily from a skill standpoint, but to watch, was like the 2016 2017 Celtics with Isaiah Thomas and it was Isaiah Thomas oh, well, of course, yeah. Marcus Smart Marcus Morris like just some grinders like they, it was yeah. we were in every single game like everybody was fighting hard Jay Crowder like that that was that was some of the most fun basketball for sure I've, I've that's watched. a team the Boston like the city can really get behind it's kind of mm. it uh it translates to their whole kind of attitude as a, a blue collar city you know, working class and that, that's that's really cool yeah, so yeah. That, make, that makes sense to me that's not surprising mm-hmm. yeah no so, I, so i'm excited this is going to be a good it's going to be a good playoffs and and playing games and it's just nice to have some some actual basketball like you said but we'll sure. let you go here in just a little bit but before we do uh gotta know the finals prediction and and who wins it all well, knowing that you're a celtics fan I'm not going to be nice on them, to be honest. <laughs> I I don't know. They, they they have potential to get there, but you know mm-hmm. the the Bucks. Bucks are pretty good. Look, um, I will say, I will say though, 
losing to the Bucks by only seven points, and it was tied with like a minute left. Considering Jason Tatum went two for sixteen, I'll I'll take it. Like that's that's a win. Fair enough. Fair 100% enough. Hundred percent in my enough. book. Yeah. Um, I, I want to see the Lakers in the finals. I but you know what? I I also want to see the Clippers in the finals. <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna go with the Clippers actually being in the finals because okay. I don't know. I to me that would be an upset. Mm. So I, I believe that. Um, yeah. And Clippers Bucks. This year, we have to see Giannis, Giannis, however you say it. We have to see him in the finals. I mean, it's mm-hmm. MVP year. He's, it's, as that's like prime basketball entertainment to see him going against Kawhi and Paul George. I mean, it's, that's, uh, that's what I want to see. Of course, if LeBron's in the finals, who, who am I to argue that? Yeah, yeah, not going to be mad that, about that. that. It's, mm-hmm. As far as the, the West goes, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, it, I don't think the Rockets will quite make it. Um, mm-hmm. Denver, not quite. Uh, but we'll see. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's that's. I'd say the Clippers. Um, Pat Bev, he's forever entertaining <laughs> to me. Absolutely. Um, him in the finals, he's just going to be going ballistic. You know, just going nuts. Just probably Pat, Pat Bev on on steroids. So yeah, yeah, that would be a fun Eric good. Bledsoe Pat Beverly. That's that would be a good. No, they're a good be match up there. Somebody's going to be throwing out a game at some point. <laughs> there. Has, it's going to be yeah, some teams. Yeah, has to be. Yeah. Plenty of teams. <laughs> I just I have I just have such a hard time going against LeBron right now, considering like he's gotten the most. He's playing his smartest basketball. He's gotten his most rest ever, and he has the yeah. best sidekick he's had in his entire NBA yeah, career. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, it's I I pick the Clippers only because. The Lakers is like the popular choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to be different. For, for good reason. Just I'm just saying, if there's a chance that the Clippers can get by them, then mm-hmm. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I, I mean, they, that'll, yeah, that'll be good too. Um, they play them close. Yeah, uh, I mean, as far as the Lakers go, you know, it's their point guard situation. I think Caruso and and Quinn, my my guy Quinn, obviously from uh, high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, the question is, are is that a good enough? Uh, obviously, LeBron plays point a solid bit, but you know, mm-hmm. not having Rondo or is Rondo supposed to return? I'm not even sure. I think I so he it was a couple of weeks ago and they said six to eight weeks, so he should be okay. If all okay. goes well, right in the yeah. in the middle of the the playoff push. So so he won't be probably not be a hundred percent though. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe I mean I Caruso obviously he's my class at LSU. I played against him every time at A and M. Um, He's he's a good guy. I, I I definitely he and Quinn are guys that I definitely root for. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it, it, we'll see what happens with that. But they're 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 a great team. We'll yeah, see. definitely. Well, this has been fun catching up. Always good to get a chance to talk to you, and and we'll definitely have to have you on soon. No doubt. Anytime, man. Have a have a good one. All right. You too. See ya. Throughout this past week, we've seen uh, quite a few NFL players uh, decide to opt out of the season. This could be for for medical reasons, for family reasons, whatever the sort. Um, but there is a specific um, surprising amount of Patriots that have opted out this season, um, including some pretty big names um, in on the team, such as Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower, and Marcus Cannon, um, which has given the Patriots quite a bit of uh, salary cap flexibility. In fact, over $25 million. And the big question, and this is something I posted on Twitter, is 
what are they going to do with it? Will they go after Jadavian Clowney um, and try to bolster that defensive line and, and fill the hole that Kyle Van Noy left? Uh, or, you know, what do they do? What do they do with it? Um, I was reading through and, and I felt pretty confident that, you know, Bill Belichick's going to go after somebody. But I was reading an article on ESPN from Mark Rice, and he essentially explains why this doesn't make sense. Um, so I'm going to read through his ideas, and then I'm going to go through mine, um, why it fits, uh, and then and then we'll just kind of go from there. So first part is preserving cap space. So Mike believes that that the Patriots are are or the salary cap will drop, and so the Patriots are just preparing for that um, salary cap drop, and and essentially they wouldn't sign anybody. And, and just leave it the way it is. Another reason for this is if they do sign Jadavion Clowney, especially for a lot of money, there's a chance that Cam Newton might want some more. And so uh, Mike believes that if they do put any money into it, um, that they are going to have, um, they're going to have to pay Cam Newton. So it won't be a player, but it'll make that Cam Newton contract even even nicer. Um, he also goes into saying that that having the salary cap cushion of the 25 million, whatever it is, is important in the pandemic because we don't really know if they'll be able to get through all the games and, and whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and bottom line, Patriots have, have thrived off of the next man up mentality. Uh, and this is going to be no different, you know, with all these guys opting out. So that's kind of where he's coming from. I think it makes sense for that defensive line. You pay him a, a big one-year deal, uh, prove it. You know, he may want something long-term just because of, of the coronavirus. But ultimately, if you can get him on the hook for $18 million, um, for this first year, it, it gives him another chance to prove himself, um, gets, gets the money where he likes it, um, and then hopefully can sign a big uh, long-term extension here in the next few years. But the clock is running out on Javion Clowney both this year and career-wise. He's, he's really only going to get potentially one or two more contracts, um, sizable contracts. So he's really got to cash in uh, when he can. But it may not be the worst idea to, to take a year, learn from the Patriots, learn from Bill Belichick, uh, and play with that, one of the best defenses in football. Um, it just seems like they've missed, they're have missed. they missing so many pieces. It, it fits right in. It's not going to hurt them, especially if it's a one-year deal because they've got the money regardless. So that's kind of where I'm coming at it from it. But who knows? It could be Logan Ryan. Um, I don't know what the Patriots are going to use that extra salary cap money for, but um, there has to be a plan. Bill Belichick is always planning something uh, and, and it's got to be, it's got to be good. But speaking of signings, LaShawn McCoy, it was announced that he is signing with the Buccaneers. He's going to be um, their, their third running back or their, their second running back behind Ronald Jones. Uh, and this comes on the heels of Keyshawn Vaughn announcing he would opt out of the season due to the coronavirus concerns. Um, I don't really know what his role is going to be exactly. I mean, you could, you could fit it in multiple ways. Um, you know, obviously he's going to be great out of the backfield, um, great catching passes, but it's a, it's a no risk it, no biscuit, which fits perfectly with Bruce Arians mentality, but, uh, LaShawn McCoy's wild style of, of running with the ball uh, just in one hand is, um, it, it just makes sense. Bruce Arians is going to use that. Um, Tom Brady's going to love it, and it gives them a little bit of more of a cushion now that they're they were only operating on really Ronald Jones. Um, the NBA is back, very exciting. Uh, some controversial finishes, like we talked about in the in the interview with Keith uh, Buck Celtics game. There were two instances where the refs blew the whistle, um, called a foul, and then the the call was changed. Um, I I didn't actually get to watch the end of the game, but I had a friend send me some video clips, and it was. I mean, you know, if you're gonna blow the whistle on that first one, especially, you, you gotta you gotta call something. At least call it a foul, and then you can go and review it. Um, I was I was reading the the press pool at the end with the the referee, 
and they asked why the whistle was blown and he said it looked like there was there was some intentional contact which would mean that you would call a foul on that um, and then he said they went to the monitors and saw that it was not uh, which made it unreviewable essentially so um, Giannis would have been out of the game with two and a half minutes left I think the score was tied at that point and that's going to be a big difference for the Celtics but in other news uh, the Nets are are struggling um, which makes sense because they're missing four of their four of their big guys um, TJ Warren has picked it up big time for the Pacers at least in the first game dropping 53 points um, in a crucial win over the 76ers this really gives them some good leeway here um, in the next in the next few weeks because or in the next few the week because they have a tiebreaker now over uh, the 76ers so the Sixers have to win two more games than the Pacers the rest of the way through to to get into the playoffs um, but with those two losses looks like 76ers and Celtics is going to be um, pretty much a sure thing which is not ideally you know me being a Celtics fan I am not the ideal first round matches I would have wanted. I would have loved to, to play the Nets or, or the Magic, but um, looks like that's not going to happen after the Raptors took took down the Lakers and the Celtics couldn't get it done against the Bucks. But it's still seven games left. Um, a lot can change, um, so who knows what will happen there. But let's get into the divisional power rankings, and this week we have the NFC South. So this may be a little bit of a surprise, um, putting them fourth overall, but um, I think up top they're really strong, but the Falcons and Panthers have so many question marks, and and they just they just can't seem to deliver. So we'll start at the bottom. The Panthers, uh, we've talked about it. They're in the middle of a rebuild, um, but then they're also not. It, it's confusing. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater should have should have gone there. Uh, Matt Rule, you got to be picky and choosy with the NFL head coaching spots you get because there's not they don't come around very often. Um, so and I don't think this is a good one. They obviously have Christian McCaffrey, but. I just I don't know where they can really go with Teddy Bridgewater and and DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. There's just too many missing pieces, uh, and I've got them going five and eleven on the season. And then the Falcons, uh, even though they added Todd Gurley, they've they've got I think all first rounders on their offense. Um, it's still not doing it for me. I just I don't understand uh, why they can't get it together because they are a talented team, um, but when it comes to putting those pieces together, they've just really struggled. Um, and so I'm, I'm projecting yet another disappointing season, uh, and I've got them going 6-10. and 10. Then getting up to the next team, the so Tampa Bay Bucks. I think Tom Brady's going to help a lot. Bruce Arians and Tom Brady are going to mesh well together. Tom Brady's got the best targets he's ever had to throw to, and not only Gronk, but Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, O.J. Howard, if, if he can get going, Cameron Brait, um, and, and now LaShawn McCoy in the backfield. Uh, I don't think it's enough to win the NFC South. I think they are going to struggle. But I am excited to see uh, what they can do, and I've got the Bucks going 11 and five and snatching that the fifth seed in the playoffs. Uh, and then finally, the Saints, 12 and four. Uh, I mean, Drew Brees is is set and ready to go. Jameis Winston's right there. Taysom Hill, like it's it's the best quarterback room that we've got in the National Football League. Um, in addition to having a guy like Mike Thomas and then Alvin Kamara and Cameron Jordan, I mean, they're just stars all over the place. I'm excited to see rookie Adam Troutman. A catch and passes, I think it's going to open up big time for him. They also added Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, this is one of the best offenses already. Um, they're they're so well built outside of quarterback, and now they have one of the strongest quarterback rooms in the NFL. It, 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 they're going to be a tough team to match up with, and and definitely a tough team to stop. And I have them going twelve and four, um, and that'll be enough to get a to a first round bye. Well, yes, a first round bye, the two seed. 
Um, but that is going to do it for this week's episode. Next week, we're probably going to do some fancy football stuff, maybe do a little um, draft to get you ready for the season. Uh, and we're just a few weeks away from football starting. Um, basketball is well underway. There's there's so much going on. We've, we've made it. We've made it past the dog days of quarantine, uh, and now it's just fun and, and sports all over. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.